coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. This is Old School. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. Broadcasting veteran Derek Pearson. When you find something that moves them, that makes them smile, celebrate it. That's your task. That's your superpower. Nebraska Football Hall of Famer Jay Foreman. Rifles a pass. It was tipped. It's picked off by Foreman. He's at the 15, 10, 5. He'll score! On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We are back. Old school Jay Foreman, Austin Orman. Uh, we are brought to you by the Mercado, certified Piedmontese, special ingredients of butcher shop, located 84th and Havelock. Every type of meat, every type of cut. They have a lunch special on Friday. That sandwich is slamming, but the butcher shop has everything, man. They have their own uh, spices, sauces, seafood, um, big old thick pork chops, uh, ribs, every type of steak. They have... Uh, Single size meals and family size, both frozen and ready to go. So, uh, go in there, don't be bashful and tell them Jay sent you. But back to this Northwestern, um, you know, there was another kind of sub article, sub situation with it of um, some racial undertones, I guess I could say it. And again, look, I don't get on the radio to be perfect, okay. I can make my views and understand where I'm coming from. So I don't, for you people that want to like text in and stuff, you need to be calling the dad. You, like the dude up there was mad at me about Aaron Aaron Rodgers going into darkness. You you deal with that. Aaron Rodgers went into darkness and sat in the room for three days. That sounds like a little bit less fun than me. But with Northwestern, it's not, it, there's allegations for some players that were willing and willing to have their name out there. Um, about some situation they felt like that wasn't very welcoming to their background. So one had, I want to get this right. Um, I guess, is it Latino? Mm-hmm. Um, Latino, you know, obviously. And then a, a, a black offensive lineman felt like it was very segregated. It says that majority of um, the, uh, the majority of the black linemen or all of them transferred he was he actually stayed all four or five years um had some ongoing mental issues dealing with some of the some of the i guess some of the stuff that was said to him or exposed to the one thing that i'd have a problem with is like you know when i was a, if i was a freshman and you put it like obviously i'm not latino but single demali i i first of all you're not putting that in my head okay no. it, it, it seems like like i said i keep going back to this and, you know, they were saying the Northwestern way of, like, having or supposedly Coach Fitzgerald asked or highly encouraged a coach to cut his dreads, it highly encouraged players to cut their dreads, cut their hair, to look like a wholesome American, more white or more acceptable black person to white people. That's what it, That's what this article is saying. By cutting your dreads, right? To me, that's <laughs> – I mean, I can't even believe we're in 2023. Like, that's the stuff you see, like, on CNN, and they're talking about, like, in Philadelphia where it happened. I remember seeing that where they – and it was like a fourth grader. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's another one that just came out. And, um, you know, look, they're standing on their statement, which is sounds – I just think that – and I remember hearing something – 
about it because they said that you know, obviously it was part of the reason why they made a conscious effort to hire more minority coaches in both position coaches and sub coaching positions, mm-hmm. right? Um, at Northwestern because they felt like it was some issues. And first of all, you know, um, I talked to a previous staff here about that, right? I've talked to high school coaches about that, right? And it's not hiring unqualified people, hiring people that are coming in and help to bridge the gap. Because to be honest with you, if you're not exposed to growing up with people like, you know, growing up with people that don't look like you, that have different haircuts that you might view that they're different than you, you, you might, you might say something that you might not really mean, but knowing it could be offensive to somebody else. And everybody has like a barometer of something that when you go too far, then it's up to that person to explain themselves. And it's up to you to accept it, whether you like it or not, both on both sides. Mm -hmm. Like just because, I'm African American doesn't give me the leeway to only be the one to dish out the punishment versus if I say something to you and whatever I could say that could be somewhat you think is offensive, it's got to be a two way street, right? So, it's man to man more right, than race to race. Right. Yeah, it's man to man. So, and just how it so happens, I look different than you and he looks different than whoever these players are. So, I think, again, like I said at the beginning, there's a, and here's what's I think unique not in a good way is that when these when when we saw this when um and there's no correlation between Nebraska not being allowed to play in this this is totally different but there is correlation to how it was handled by some big media members mm-hmm. Desmond Howard Will Bond it is oh yeah where are you yes where are you right now that's the only correlation mm-hmm. there isn't a correlation mm-hmm. in what's going on but when you have stuff like this, it's amazing how these people can really dig up some stuff. You know what I'm saying? So just let's just play devil's advocate. Just say this first initial allegation didn't come out. Would the racial undertones one article came out on its own? Probably not. Right. So that whoever these players are were probably or their names were given to them by the probably the initial person. So you're just airing all the dirty laundry, right? So, you know, it's just a it, again, it's a, like I said at the beginning of the show. If I'm Pat Fitzgerald, I'm talking to my agent, I'm talking to my family, I'm talking to my coaches. They ain't having no vacation. They supposed to be vacation now. They in Evanston or they meeting somewhere else. This is what's going to happen. This is what I'm going to do. I am going to encourage them to keep everybody around for this year. You guys are got then you know then obviously you're gonna have to, you know then you're gonna have to interview with the new coach. He, he has to, he has to. It, there has to be a conclusion of him not being a head coach. That's it. And there's more stuff to come. And they, but then on the here's on the flip side, the equipment manager that look he stands on his look. I give him all the res, respect um, about it. Um, the young man, he's Eduardo Soto. I don't want to be butchering his name. He got a picture on there. He graduated, um, and, he, and he says, look, he was at Northwestern University, class of 2020. He played. He was on the football program or involved with the football program from 2016 to 2021. He goes into some deep factual um, evidence for Coach Fitzgerald on how he handles situations, right? And he stands on it. Mm-hmm. And, he, and so – 
you know, it's, uh, you know, for every, you know, and so he had a good experience. So you just don't know where it's going to come up. And I always say this, look, man, it's, it's, uh, it's this is, uh, there's always three sides to stories like this. Whoever made the initial allegations, whoever's rebutting them, which is obviously Mm -hmm. Fitzgerald and the players that are, you know, on his side or backing him or whatever. And what really happened in some form or fashion. The bigger thing is it versus people will be like, let's let's find out who made these initial. Uh, you'll find that that's that's kind of like low hanging fruit. The bigger deal is right is to find out who the eight to ten dudes are. That's who needs to be out there mm-hmm. because those those guys seem to me that those were your what we what we use that like your unity council guys. Those are the guys that are supposed to be your leaders of your team. Those are the guys that actually are the buffer between the locker room and the coach because the coach is thinking, you know, and they're probably playing, you know, you know, they're, they're probably being on their best behavior. So I'm entrusting you in my team because by NCAA uh, regulations, the coaches can't be around the the kids less for like 20 hours during the season, I think. And then during the off season and during this time, because they just changed it. You're very rarely, if you're not in spring ball and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that, you're not around the team in the summer. It's, it's all much. the strength coaches. It's, it's all like the strength coaches, right? It's the strength coaches and your leadership. Mm-hmm. Those little guys that are getting together, like, you know, like when I played, and this is a long time ago, obviously, but we'd get together and watch tape. We'd get together and train together, you know, and we didn't have any cell phones, so we had to talk face to face. Hey, summer school schedule, This we're going to lift after running Tuesday and Wednesday. Defense together. You know, um, so, you know, those are, that's who really needs to be, you know, and they should be, you know, if you're doing some stuff like that or something to this magnitude, you gotta be, you know, you're not going to be, it's, you know, you're not going to be, uh, be able to be anonymous and stuff like that because ultimately I don't care if you got a mask on or not, you know who it is. I mean, look, there's only a hundred guys on the team or Mm -hmm. uh, give or take. Yeah. Okay. So you can eliminate. 70 of those guys just off the off the rip okay so that leaves 30 so then you can start going down okay well he left okay that's 10 guys there so next thing you know you down to like 15 guys figure it out not that you're gonna like throw those guys in jail but you need to find out where it went wrong mm-hmm. because that's so you got to find out where it went wrong it want it whatever magnitude that it went wrong right so if it only happened, say, like a small fraction of what he's saying or if it happened to the magnitude that he's saying and the magnitude of what the racial undertones are, you need to find out where it went wrong. If you did remedy it, did you do some um, culture training, right? Um, I felt like there was a coach around here that had to find a way to have some sort of culture training in order to deal with people or not deal with them because I hate to say it when you're dealing with somebody in order to not come off like you don't like somebody that doesn't like you or doesn't look like you or doesn't talk like you and doesn't think like you. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because I always say this, you know, about the racism part. I can guarantee you in all the years that I coach, all the years that I played. Well, first of all, I know I play with dudes that were racist. I know that for a fact. I know I play with, I play with dudes that were racist against black people. And I know I play with black dudes that are racist against white people. That's factual. Okay. Mm -hmm. Neither one of them are right. Okay, so but those are the facts. I am willing to bet that, and I don't know. I'm willing to bet that I had a coach that didn't particularly care about black people that I had to deal with on the defensive side of the ball, 
whether he was a my position coach, another position coach, a coordinator, or a like uh, we in some teams you'd have like assistant coach. You know what I'm saying? Like support staff, support staff kind of people. And I'm and 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 that even goes up into the um the GMs and the scouting department. I'm just willing to bet. And on um, the nine seasons that I was in the NFL and been a part of it, I can guarantee it. It's out. It happens. Now, what you have to do is Northwestern is, did you remedy it? It, ha- it, it? it makes me think with these two kids that were talking about it, or they're grown men now, that it was brought to Pat Fitzgerald's attention, the university's attention. They made a conscious effort to hire more minorities. They probably knew it was a problem. It really it is. And so, and and look, it's no different than here at Nebraska. Because and and this is and this is not bringing Nebraska in a negative light. But then, if you really get outside of the state lines in Nebraska, majority, you know how many times Austin I've been asked in different places across the country, East Coast, West Coast, down south, do they have black people in Nebraska? Were there black people besides the football team in the state of Nebraska when you played? I swear to God, and it and it's asked by. All across the board, white people. I mean, so white people, black people. So just their assumption is right. If there's no black people in Nebraska, this this is just what people assume. If there's, they assume there's no black people in Nebraska, and therefore the whole state of Nebraska is racist. That's just what people think. So negative recruiting, what other coaches do, right? Mm-hmm. In this business, whether they want to admit it or not, they'll take something of your personal belief or how they or how they can kind of get a leg up on you and use it against you. So that's why you have to make sure that you're doing things above and beyond to make sure that people that aren't from here, that don't look like the majority of people here are welcome. And that's why Nebraska is so great because they feel they continue to do it through their life skills, through their leadership, you know, whether, you know, obviously, you know, Trev, it had been in the locker room, other people were more welcoming. And so you have to do that in order to be successful. Northwestern, it seems like, up, up until recently, was not doing it. And maybe, and to be honest with you, um, sometimes it comes down to the support in the in the football program to go and get the type of coaches that you need that can help recruit. And it's hard because people don't think about they always think, well, you don't have a lot of minorities on your staff, right? That's that's just and that's simple. That's easy right there. But you also gotta think of, okay, well, does Jay Foreman, just say if it was me, have the experience to go in and have the 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 inroads to go and recruit the type of players that we need, white, black, or whatever, to go to Northwestern. Recruiting to Northwestern is different because it of the first I was recruited by Northwestern. I told you the story about it. I asked, can I get in? And he was like, well, get you. Barnett was like, get you in. My dad stood up by the coaches like, you going to keep his black butt in there. <laughs> How you going to keep him in there? My dad knew my limitations, right? I knew my limitations as well. He didn't want to drive from Minneapolis to Chicago knowing I'm, you know, got a 1.9 at Northwestern. That, that Northwestern alumni situation ain't going to do nothing for me, you know, no matter how much I liked Adrian Autry and whoever else is on the team. And so uh, – you know, I just think it's, it's you know, they're going to have to take a, a, a really a big step back from their football program and probably maybe their athletic department, but more majority of their football program and really look at things after this is settled and they need to remedy some of it. 
Um, and they have to act swiftly and they have to be very clear, cautious and precise when they do it. It's good. The timing of when they make decision, how they handle it is going to be interesting in particularly in less than 60 days. They're going to be playing a game, a game, not just going to practice. So in about mm -hmm. 30 days, they're going to practice. You have to have direction because you, you do have an obligation to the kids on the team. You do. You have to. So you have to give them – you can't hold them accountable for other people's doing, meaning you can't say, okay, well, we're just going to cancel the season or we're going to, like, give you, you – know, we're not even going to have any coaches. You can just coach – you, you can't do that. You have to no. put a best foot forward, and you have to handle it the right way. So there's a lot of things they got to handle, but you have to have some sort of conclusion. And really, to be honest with you, when you gave out the two-week suspension, you should have been already having these conversations. Because you also you should have that person be like, well, what's the worst case scenario? This continues on. Okay, we gotta go past two weeks. If you just thought two weeks is gonna be sufficient enough, so be it. Then you have to go back to the. I'm assuming whoever did the investigate, whatever company you hired to do, um, they have to be pretty thorough. Oh yeah. You ain't get Jay Foreman Associates to go around and ask a couple people. You got some people that knew how to dig up some dirt and, and interview people. Mm -hmm. You got to call them back in. What did you miss? Like, what are we missing here? Is there something that you didn't tell me about these rituals? I guess you call them rituals, I guess, or whatever. <laughs> did you know about this? Did you talk to this young gentleman about, or this gentleman about uh, the the whiteboard? Did you did you see the did, did you see the pictures? Did you did I mean, did because I wonder, like, did you not bring this to the? Well, then this is where you start to, like, presidents can lose their job, right? So I'm not sure who who hires the president. Is that the Board of Regents? Yes. I have no idea. Well, typically what happens is they'll, you know, have a search firm recommend, right. you know, candidates, and then I assume final approval goes through the Board of right. Regents. Yeah. So if I'm on the Board of Regents, I mean, you got to start bringing all the right? – so On Michael Wilbon's Board of Regents. Right. So if you're – okay, if you're Wilbon, right, mm -hmm. and just say the search firm says, I showed the president – all this stuff that this dude's talking about in the article and the president decided on it. We, your, my job is to investigate, not recommend. We gave him the information and he chose to do two weeks on his own. Well, then that's how you get fired, right? I'm assuming the president ran it by the board of regents because the board of regents want to be abreast of it. They're just right in there with him. They're pretty much quasi presidents, you know, you know, mm -hmm. in different former fashions. So, it, it, I mean, it brings everybody into this, and it's going to be interesting how they handle it and who gets – I always say who gets caught when the music stops without a chair to sit on, sit down on. First of all, we know Patrick Fitzgerald has missed the merry-go-round. He's out. Who else is going to be with him, or is it just going to be him, and how is it handled with him moving forward? Um, and what he does to take some sort of responsibility, because he can – Really, to be honest with you, say, listen, I don't have guilt in this, but I feel like as a leader, if a true leader, I could have done this better. I can, you can admit that I could have done this better. I didn't, I, I felt like I talked to the leadership about it to, to Nixon it. And maybe I didn't check it up. Only checked up on it twice. I need to do it three or four times. This is what I'm going to do just as a Northwestern alum to remedy this and do get, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's kind of surprising about the whole Wildcat way and all this other stuff and, and, and uh, um, you know, with the haircut thing. 
there's two ways to look at it, right? And 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 I under, really probably the idea behind it probably had some sort of like trying to help them long term. In reality, probably the, I can guarantee the way they went about it and the stuff they were saying was probably completely wrong and ignorant, um, because it's always that first impression. And the people that you might be going to interview a job for have a pitch. I mean, this is what people don't understand and don't want to come to terms with. A lot of times, when you, if you're a minority, they just have a picture of what they view as an employee. It doesn't matter if a dude, uh, you know, a white dude comes in there and he has long hair. And he has a man bun. Some some guys don't want to hire anybody with long hair, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or something like that. So they, maybe that's it. But the the way they probably went about it was probably a hundred percent wrong. And then also, they probably didn't do a good enough job of asking them, "Hey, do you explaining their position?" Right? You, you get what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. Pat Fitzgerald could be wrong in in his thinking. But explain it to you, and then Austin, you say, "Hey, coach, that's completely wrong. This is why." Then it gives the coach a, a chance to go back, hopefully, talk with himself or, or whoever, and look at things differently. You know, and that's his job. It's his job to initiate that conversation. I, we talked about this mm-hmm. earlier about co- coaches here in Lincoln. Don't sit up here and talk about. Who's transferring in and out of your program when you ain't talked to your players? You're the adult. You're the leader. Mm-hmm. You're. I don't. I don't know. I don't know how much he's getting paid. Five point seven million. Okay. There. There it is. Five point seven million. It's your job to have a conversation with Austin individually about these type of things the Wildcat way. Explain it in depth. Mm-hmm. That's your job. This situation again. As we get more and more reports going both ways, what it feels like to me is that there there's at least some aspect of truth to there's all of this. A, somewhere yeah, it's not. Yeah, there. I don't think it just came out of like the sky. out of nowhere. Yeah. No, and that's where we we hear a lot about how the best locker rooms are player player led. Right, it takes something off the coach's plate when he has captains he can trust. Well, it sounds like Pat Fitzgerald didn't. Right, the captains weren't policing the locker room, so it sounds like. Pat Fitzgerald was used to relying on the captains, yeah. maybe had a, a a batch that didn't live up to the expectations like he thought. So he thought he could be hands-off, right? right. But and that's then, probably when you got to be the most hands-on. Right, and that's yeah. the thing. So maybe he's used to doing it one way. He's used to it being player-led, but yeah. maybe that situation needed to come more top-down. Yeah. You need to insert yourself for that year to say, here's a reminder, here's how we do things, right or wrong. Right. On the flip side, if the, the whole Wildcat way thing is true – that to me is being too top down when you need more player input. Yeah. Right. It's the in- it, inverse where yeah. the players need to be free to express themselves. Right. Like it, it's hair. Yeah. It, it's hair. Right. It's not the end of the world. You know, it shouldn't be. Yeah. You should if be, guys have I mean, dreads. But I, at the same it. time, the players have to be able to feel open enough to talk to their coach, like, hey, coach, here's why my dreads, for example, mean a lot to me. Here's yeah. why I'd like to keep them. Pat right. Fitzgerald can say, okay, I understand you. We haven't done it this way before. Is there a middle ground we can reach? Right. Yeah. You can, but he also could do some stuff where you have people come in. I know they do this down at the stadium where you have people come in and give haircuts, have somebody come in and do braids or whatever. Make an dress, event of it. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or Team just, bonding. Yeah. Just understand that. Hey, look, man. He's coach. Yeah, hey, man. He's cool. He's helping us. You know. And mm-hmm. I mean, Chicago's a big city. Finding somebody, you know, the, you know, finding a place to get a haircut is always huge and stuff like that. So I mean, I just think 
like the Iowa situation, you know, with with their weight coach. Um, and it's two different things, but this is obviously kind of a little bit of the caveat that, that's with it. There's always stuff that wasn't done right, which is everybody thought the Iowa players were just looking for, for, for money. Mm-hmm. Well, the reality was it was going on for a long time. They did get paid, and the coach got fired, and for justifiably so. Kurt Ferentz kept his job. Uh, I was a little off the beaten path a little bit more in Northwestern. I don't think Kurt, I don't think Pat Fitzgerald makes it. I don't think it makes it. But anyways, good first segment. We're going to go to short break, get back into it a little bit. Um, remember, I'm going to read this uh, tweet by Mr. Soto, see what he says. Dive into that. Um, hey, and uh, I want to give uh, props to my man Cooper. He's playing over in Wilmington. And he's a little young man, 16. I tried to recruit him from Kansas to play basketball. Mm. He's dang, dang good at tennis, so he's playing. I got to watch him on uh, ESPN+. Plus. Pulled out his doubles match. Got it crunk a little bit, so I want to give him props. Jay Foreman Austin, we'll be right back. Watch Old School Live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. Old School with DP and Jay on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. 